Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast that looks back on the cartoons and shows of our youth and sees if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which, you know, all too often is the case. It really uh, is. Yeah. So I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be looking at 1986's Gem. So this was kind of a, this was a, an early suggestion. Oh, beer time. Um, we're doing a, we're doing a uh, experimental pale ale today. From Deschutes. Yeah. Because why not? Because why not? So this Ooh, was. good. Is it good? I like it. So this, this was like an early, when we were first talking about doing this podcast, this was one of the shows that came up right away. Uh, both with Sean and I talking and when we would discuss it with other people. This is something that we had like a lot of people say, why not Gem? Why not Gem? And we're like, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Um, what's, what's, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was when I was younger, I was certainly aware of this show, but I did not watch a single episode of it. Oh, I totally watched this show. Oh, I did not. I, well, I mean, I was the oldest. I was the oldest and my sister was way younger than me, so she wasn't even cognizant when this show was around. This beer really is good, by the way. Yeah, it's really um, good. The Shoots Armory Experimental yeah. Pale Ale. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, five point nine uh, ABV. So <laughs> the the thing is with this show is I I did watch it again. I I have several cousins that are girls, uh, some that are guys. With the the girl cousins were into like really into New Kids on the Block and like this kind of stuff when they were in that age range. And so I did I did watch this a little bit. I honestly I have not. Uh, you know, Sean and I are in our thirties. I have not watched this show since probably it was on the air. Yeah, the show the show aired from nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty eight. October sixth of eighty five. Eighty five to 88. to July sixth of nineteen ninety. <clears throat> Holy hell, that was way off. Yeah, was, yeah. was that the original? Was that the original air dates or was that syndication? Uh, that might be with syndication yeah, as well. I want to see five because that's five years of of airing. Yeah, there's only sixty five episodes total. Yeah. So. Um, the show we cannot discuss the show though without mentioning Christy Marks. So oh yeah, yeah. She's she created this show um, before she did Gem. She well, she's she's actually done a lot. She's done a lot of stuff. So she worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, GI Joe, uh, Captain Power. Uh, she later did Conan the Adventurer, the animated series in '92, and she did Hypernauts um, back in the '80s. And she um, she also created. This comic called Sisterhood of Steel. Um, she is the creator of, of this comic. And she worked on... Um, she's a, a comic writer. She's worked on Conan and Red Sonja and um, ElfQuest. And she's a game designer. And she did some PC games uh, called uh, Conquest of Camelot and Conquest of Longbow. She's like a media polymath. Yeah. She um, she also did a dialogue for um, some other games. Uh, she did a dialogue for a game called uh, The Legend of Alandar. And she also won the uh, the Animation Writers Animation Award from the Writers Guild of America in 2000. It's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. So she's she's done a lot. Yeah, she's a busy lady, and I, I think it's important to to mention that this show was really successful at the time that it was on. It was the number one Nielsen rated show of 1986, um, the syndicated cartoon show uh, in November of '86. And in 1987, it was number three. It's important. And it was nominated for several awards. It's the show is kind note. of a big deal. It's important to note that in 1986, you know what other shows were on the air? Transformers, Thundercats, G.I. Joe. It beat all of them. Yeah, I did. It beat all of them. And, and Sean and I, we, we were discussing this. There's, there are things about this show that I have big complaints about. But... This ended up kind of being a guilty pleasure, I think, for Sean and I. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we kind of, I kind of want to watch more. Like, I'm just gonna say that right off the bat. I do. I want to watch more. So, so to to sort of set the stage for what this show is, um, this show uh, began airing four years after MTV debuted. Um, in I think '82 was when it debuted, 
And this show takes heavy influence from MTV. Um, it is very, very much a product of the time. It is very much a product of the 80s yeah. in terms of the music, in terms of the style of the characters. The clothing. If you just want a really good flashback. Yeah. To it's, it's like a time capsule. It is It is totally a time capsule. This is a 1980s time capsule. Yeah. For sure. Um, this uh, So essentially this show follows the course of this girl named Jerrica who has an alternate ego named Which Jen. I've never heard that name before. <laughs> I haven't either. But she's got, and, and we'll get into the, the cast in, in a second here, but she essentially has a band, and uh, they perform, and and uh, there's always competition with her and other bands. Um, but but each episode it is almost like, the story is actually pretty pretty good I, I think the story's decent and and the thing but, but they fill it with with actual this is something that Sean pointed out when we were talking last night um, there is so there's something about this that, that's really kind of impressive because this show has three songs original original songs yeah, three original songs with original compositions per episode yeah so it ends up being 151 unique songs over the course of this entire series. 150. So in in addition to writing episodes, They're writing, writing th- music, yeah, writing three seasons of this show, they also wrote music and lyrics, which is which is insane. The only thing I can think of in modern times that's sort of similar to that is um, if anyone's ever seen Phineas and Ferb, there's a song in every episode, but there's a song in every episode. It's yeah, a unique song. This is this three. Is three. Yeah. Now, granted, they are three songs at about a minute and 20 seconds each, so they're not super long, but but even still, so they're, they're, each song is an original, so it's yeah. not like they, they blend from one to the other. Yeah, and, and the... Um, the songs are presented, and this is why I brought up MTV. The songs are presented in a music as video. an actual music yeah, video. Yeah, it's a music video format where it's like they start singing, and then immediately you get into some weird uh, hallucinogenic uh, like imagining of whatever it is that they're that they're singing that about. they're singing about, and you know you'll get things like unicorns and throwing fireballs and all kinds of just crazy shit. Um, and and there's one, there's three of these in every episode. Yeah, some of, some of these are pretty terrible. I, I have to say, I found some of them terrible. <laughs> I but they're s- not all bad. Yeah, I gotta say that a lot of the songs were were uh, they were a super guilty pleasure for me because they're I, highly repetitive. Oh yeah, they're highly su- repetitive. They're super pop uh, oriented because this is the this is the mid '80s and the type of music it, it's pop music. Think you know Bangles. Think. Yeah, Bangles is a really good one to think about. Actually, when you see the Misfits, the Misfits yeah, they, they kind of look like the Bangles. It's, they're like a Bangles ripoff. The okay. thing to note, the thing to note too about this show, and and I guess to me, it's what makes it sort of impressive, more impressive than most, is that this show was based off of dolls. It was based off of they had a line of dolls. Was it really? I didn't yeah, know that. There were these. Okay. There were these dolls. They were. Um, it was made by Hasbro. So Hasbro had made these dolls that. Well, were, that makes sense. Were sort it's of a, a joint collab between Hasbro and Sumbo and Marvel. Yeah. So, so Hasbro had made these dolls, these gem and the hologram dolls, and they approached uh, Marks, the the writer, to write a show about these dolls because these dolls were in direct competition with Barbie at the time. Which I think is, well, Christy Marks created the characters and she was a staff writer for G.I. Joe and Transformers, which is why that makes sense. Yeah, so she went and, um, I remember reading that she went and created entire character bios and their relationships and like did oh, all he, this this pre-work that you would do when you were writing like a novel. Yeah. You know, she had established characters and what their personalities were. And in these episodes, uh, Sean and I were mentioning because we take notes when we do this. And him and I have more notes for this show than any show that we've done. And that's yeah, there's, including... There's a lot of stuff that goes on in there's here. There's a lot of stuff. And, so, and, and what's what's surprising is if you just looked at this show, if you just looked at this show from like, go on YouTube, look up the intro. The intro is classic. The intro is, is something that everyone remembers. It's the truly outrageous song. You go and you watch that and you, you would think, okay, this is like a, this is a show for girls. This is a show that and it only. Kind, girls, I mean, it, it kind it of is, is but because the show the show centers around like fashion and relationships, and but there's there's other elements of it that make it an entertaining show just overall. It wouldn't have been the top rated yeah, it, show you know, of 1986. It kind of it kind of reminds me of a children's soap opera. Kind of does, yeah. Yeah. So like, there's a lot a lot of stuff going on. Um, I, so I just I really want to mention that 
because Hasbro, Sumbo, and Marvel worked on this, that's the exact same team that gave us G.I. Joe and Transformers. Nice. Together, the three of them. And I, want, um, I wanted to say, too, that that uh, the popularity of this of this show is still around. Like, recently there was a movie made as two years I'm ago. I'm so... Okay, so I'm kind of pissed because the movie was out for only two weeks. And, and I didn't know that the debut date was going to happen when it did. And my plan, my original plan when this movie came out was... And I didn't care if I was going to go by myself. But I wanted to dress up as... As the lead singer from the Stingers, as Riot, as Riot, and I was gonna, cr- I was gonna like cosplay as Riot and go to, uh, <laughs> go to the theater dressed as Riot and have everybody wondering what the hell's wrong with me. But so um, you, have, you have a movie that was made two years ago, yeah, twenty fourteen, which, which, which Christy Marks had nothing to do with. Yeah. That might be a discussion for another time. But yeah, it was terrible. You have, you have, you still have interest in the show that much, that many years later. Mattel, or not Mattel, sorry, Hasbro put out dolls as recently as twenty fourteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They they put out new dolls, and what they normally did with the dolls is they would make the dolls back in the 80s. They'd make the dolls, and they'd they'd, uh, package them with cassette tapes of the songs from the show. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that either. They didn't release... I I remember reading that they didn't release, like, an album of these songs. It's, like, a minute and a half long. They didn't release an album of these songs, but they would release, you know, three, four of the songs at a time on a cassette tape that they would package with the dolls. There's also... Which I'm totally going to check this out. There's also a modern comic put out by IDW. Oh, I did hear about that. And 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 it is... I've, I've heard that it's good. Yeah, it takes the story of Gem and the Holograms from the 80s and it puts it in a modern time. And it explores it explores all the, uh, the relationships and all the stuff that, that happens in the show in a modern setting. Which honestly sounds kind of interesting. Um, I checked it out. The artwork looks really good. It's 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 well, much the art, like the stuff that I'm used to. The artwork, it, I like the sh- IDW. They do good work. Well, and they do. But I was going to say the artwork for the show wasn't that bad considering the timing. Yeah, I, one thing I noticed is that the the animation in the intro is different than the animation in a, the show. So it's it's like um, so the animation in. I th- it actually reminded me a lot of G.I. Joe. So the animation in G.I. Joe, the movie, is really, really high caliber. Like, really, like, ridiculously high caliber. And then if you go back and watch the TV show, it's, like, kind of, like, meh. Um, it's, like, they decided to do this high production value for the purpose of getting people really into it and jazz with the intro. And then you watch the show. They cut, They do, there's a lot of, like, corner cutting yeah. Um, for animation wise, but it may just be the animation style. I, I personally, I, I'm not a huge fan of the animation style, but but because of the time capsule, uh, the the time capsuling of this show kind of makes you not really care that much. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's like it's like an anime style basically. Well, it's, it's sort, sort of like a well, it's sort of like a Robotech a little anime style. Okay, a little bit. And and the reason actually for that is because it's Toei Animation who did who animated most of the episodes. Yeah. So so really quickly, um, we all know who Hasbro is. They made GI Joes and Cop, um, Maxi's World Transformers. and uh, Transformers yeah. and Pound Puppies and stuff. Uh, they're a toy maker from the twenties. And uh, Sunbow, who we've discussed several times on the show already, they co-produced with Marvel, which they've done like The Tick and Visionaries and stuff. Um, and Marvel Productions, who worked on it. Yeah. So My Little Pony, uh, if, if you guys want to re- revisit that fever dream. Nope. And, uh, you know, uh, Muppet Babies and the 1992 X-Men cartoon show. Was oh, Marvel Produ- Yeah. Yeah, the, you know what? It's, it's Bucky O'Hare, Dino the, Riders, stuff no, like that. Go, uh, um, um, X-Men is, now that I'm thinking about it, X-Men is a very good... Is animation a very good, style, like yeah, comparatively, if you look at it, if you compare X Men to and that's, to, to a Gem, they're very very similar. There's a lot of other stuff I could have mentioned, but the reason why I mentioned that is because of that. Like, if it reminds me a little bit, like the way they animate that, and I don't know if you you ever saw there was a a, a pilot episode that was done called X Men Pride of the X Men that was put out in the '80s. Mm-mm. That um, it was like about an hour long, I think forty five minutes or an hour long, as like as like a way to try and get people to do an X Men show, and then it, it kind of sat on the back burner for a while, and then they came back in ninety two and did the show later. Hmm. I know this is kind of off and left field, but but that if you've played the X Men arcade game, which I have, it is a direct basis of the X Men Pride of the X Men, and the animation team who worked on the game is the same one. Again, so if you, if you want that's, to treat, that's why I discussed since, that. Since we're um, since we're on a detour anyway, if if you really want to treat, go on YouTube and look up. I think if you search for anime intro X Men cartoon, 
Something like that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. man, there's there's the Japanese intro to the X-Men cartoon from the early 90s, and it and is fucking amazing. It is awesome. It is well, amazing. I wish they could have made a cartoon out of that. I would have watched the shit out of that. We probably would have. Yeah. Um, but but really quickly, Toei uh, Animation, they, they are actually... If any of you have heard of a little show called Voltron, that was Toei. Or Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, um, Transformers, Sailor Moon... Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Spaceship, Battleship, Yamato. If you if you maybe have heard of those, uh, which I can't imagine why you why you hadn't, um, that's them. Dragon so, Ball. Dragon, dragon, dragon. Yeah, this it's a uh, it's is about it, is it like a nature documentary? I think it's about dragon testicles. I'm not that's sure. That's like Komodo dragons, right? Yeah, I think so. It's like the mating rituals of Komodo. Dragons? I, it could be. There's something called Dragon Ball Z. I, I don't know. Maybe. The last Dragon Balls. Yeah, may, maybe somebody's heard of that. In England, know. did they call it Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, but but at any rate, so I, I just I wanted to touch on that because it. Ex- if you have that knowledge going in, some of these things you're going to wonder, like, wow, that looks really familiar. Yeah. The, That's why. Yeah. That's why. So. And and like you, like you said, this show actually has some fairly decent stuff for, I mean, like, this isn't just a show for girls. It's probably mainly for girls, but there's enough stuff that they, they knew that they would have to branch out. Like, there's some action in this. There's fights. There's drama. Intrigue and all yeah, kinds of there's, stuff. There's yeah. kind of like weird romance things going on. There's... Yeah, some are awkward and but yeah, but we'll it's done it. well. So we'll get into it. Um, I just want to. We... Well, I was just gonna say maybe we should just really quick me, quickly mention the characters so people know who we're talking about. Yeah. So you have Jerica, who Jerica Benton. Jerica Benton. She is um, the daughter all... of a of a. Studio a, owner, yeah. music studio. He yeah, owns, Starlight Studios. So she owns. She partially owns, music. Yeah. She partially owns a music record label. And then um, she also owns. Her father died. That's why she owns it. And she also owns a. Spoiler, um, Sean. That happens oh. before the first episode. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Um, she killed him. That's uh, a spoiler. <laughs> no, so so she um, also owns the Starlight House, which, which is, is like a foster home. Yeah, which is like a, a, a foster home for. For young girls, yeah, but not like kid yeah. girls. They're like tw- teenagers. They're like twelve to fourteen. Yeah, and she, her alter ego is Gem. Yeah, she can transform using holograms, which you find out in the first episode. Yeah, you find out right away. So that's why she's like... Gem in the holograms. Yeah. So now it's uh, she's voiced by Samantha Newark, who uh, did voice acting for Transformers. Most of these characters, but not all of them. Uh, the singer is a different person. Yeah, almost all of them. It's yeah. They have one cast for the. T- for the speaking roles, and they have another cast for the singing roles. Yeah, but some of them are the same person. Yeah, even so. though I remember reading that the voice actress for Jem slash Jerrica actually toured, I think, in Japan as a singer and when she was a kid, but they didn't want her for the singing role. No, they wanted, they they wanted different voices for the they singing They picked some roles. other woman named Britta Phillips. So yeah. Kimber Benton is her sister, and uh, and she does... Um, she sings and she, she writes and the she songs writes. And yeah, she's the primary songwriter. She also plays keyboard and stuff. She has um, massive red hair. Yeah, like, it's, one it's of the things. Giant. In the, yeah, one of the things in this show is is like we said, it's so quintessentially eighties. Everyone has massive hair, giant hair, yeah. massive hair. It's like half their body. Yeah, yeah. So she's voiced <laughs> by a woman named Kathy M. Blair, who did voice acting for American Tale, um, and oh, such a sad and movie. some other stuff. I know that's a great movie. Um, and uh, Aja is is another character, and she is also voiced by the same person. But Asia, uh, her name is Aja, excuse me, A J A. But she's Asian American, um, and she was a foster child, and she's like second in command of the group, uh, and a lead guitarist and backup vocals. And then we have uh, Shauna Elmsford, um, who's uh, African American, and she's also a foster child, and uh, she does synth drums and bass guitar and backup vocals and costume design she like kind of does a bunch of stuff yeah there is another character they add later named carmen uh or, or they call her Rhea, but but they add her later she's uh she's mexican-american i, I was um, i was saying just before because we were looking this up right before we uh right before we started recording it's fucking burger king kids club you got two white chicks and then you got a black chick and an asian chick and then eventually you get a you get a hispanic chick right because <laughs> they have to cover all the bases they yeah. got every color of the rainbow Right. All but they I mean, need is some chick in a wheelchair, and they've got it. They've got uh, it. Are you talking about the the 
the Ghostbusters animated remake from the the, the Ghost Extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah, it wasn't Ghost... a remake; it was a continuation. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, no, that one that one's pretty bad. And if anyone doesn't know what the Burger King Kids Club is, then just fucking look it up because yeah, no, because it, it it explains. I a use, lot. I use that okay. reference a lot because you had kids of every ethnicity and but, ability. But it's like they do they do it in a way that kind of shoehorns people, and not in a way that feels natural usually. Yeah. But this in this show, for the most part, it, it's not like shoehorn. It's just like they just happen to be this, so which is yeah. fine. Uh, I think it's better that way when it, they they don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. But I, I I wanted to mention uh, Carmen because. She's voiced, uh, voiced by this woman named uh, Linda Dankill, who was Sister Anna from the old Flying Nun show. Huh. And uh, she is a Broadway performer. She did Broadway. She did Peter Pan on Broadway and the, the film version of West Side Story. She's kind of like a big deal. They who added she, her later. Who was she in West Side Story? Uh, I don't remember. But oh. she was she was like in in the she was in in West Side Story. So, so in the in the episodes um, we're going to talk about, you have Jem slash Jerrica, you have Aja, you have uh, Kimber, and then you have Shauna. Shauna. Yeah, and those are the four main characters that that the the female characters. Female characters. You also have um, Jerrica slash Jem's love interest, whose name is Rio. Rio. Rio yeah. with the purple hair. His name is Rio Pacheco. Yeah, he's a he's the road manager and her boyfriend. Yeah, hot Latin um, lover. Yeah, uh, with yeah bright purple hair and uh, and he's his I in the entire show his outfit never changes. Yeah. Um, which is weird because the girls all get costume changes all throughout the show multiple yeah. times. Well, the show's they... about women's fashion, not Rio's fashion. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then uh, there is the the kind of main villain uh, of the show named Eric, uh, or Eric Raymond, and he is voiced by Charlie Adler, who's Starscream and Ickis from All Real Monsters. Yeah, he's he's everything. Um, if he, his voice is. He's been. I looked it up. He he's fairly prolific. He's been in over two hundred things. He's yeah, had so 200 he's had like a lot of work. Cre- over yeah. two hundred acting credits yeah. to his name since the early eighties. I mean, he's no Frank Welker, but no, two hundred plus is pretty pretty impressive. Man, so. I'd be happy with like twenty plus. Yeah, I would be happy with half of that even yeah. myself. So, and he creates uh, this group called the Misfits, who we're going to cover too. And the the main characters are Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer. Uh, there's another one who's added way later named Jetta that who we're not going to cover because yeah. that comes later. Ah, but, who um, cares? So, Pizzazz is voiced by uh, Patricia Alice uh, Albrecht. Stormer is done by Susan Blue, who Sean recognized. As... Oh, I, I recognize as a bunch of things. Like her yeah. voice. Thinking about the shows that I watched when I was a kid, sounds. I don't know what it is about me, but sounds stand out in my mind. I can voices. Rem- I can remember yeah. sounds and voices and and people. And when I heard her voice. I was like, God, man! I remember her from some. I remember her from. She did stuff in Transformers. She did she Transformers. Did some, yeah. She did. Um, she did a show. Actually, what I remembered her from was the uh, the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Oh, she yeah, played Flim yeah. Flam, the little kid. Yeah, yeah, that voice. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. that voice is very recognizable. That's why I mean, I kept hearing it, and I, I was waiting to look it up, but I kept hearing. It, I'm like, man, what did I? What do I know her from? I know her from, and she's got a. She's a voice director now. She's a. Uh, She's like a, a casting director for voiceover actors. Good for her. Yeah. Getting to management, right? Oh, yeah. So she's the, been doing that for about The last years. character, Roxy, she's voiced by this woman named Bobby Block, who um, did voice acting for the New Kids on the Block um, animated show. Oh, Jesus. Which I really want to cover at some point. That, that'll be punishment for Sean and I. That's bad. Uh, James Bond Jr., which is another show I really want to do at some point, and a show called Bionic 6 that Sean and I completely forgot about. And until, we, I met, yeah, until, until we watched I, the show. We intro. went and watched the intro. We completely like, remembered oh, it. Oh, so. yeah. So, so, should we jump into episode one? Uh, sure, what the hell, let's right. do it. Episode um, one is called The Beginning, and it starts off with Jem uh, and the holograms basically getting interviewed, and they're like, Jem, like... Well, they're like, they're at this concert, and they pull up in like a, this red and yellow Rolls Royce. Yeah. And uh, and so they all pop out of the car. Uh, keep in mind, if you just want to color code the people, Asha's got blue hair, Shauna's got a purple triangle a- afro, Kimber's got red hair, and Jem's got pink hair. Yeah. If you can't remember anything else, just remember, like, color-coding the hair. Hey, that helps a lot. That helps for... I mean, they did that for... I guarantee they did that for the toys, because that makes it real easy to tell the difference between who's Well, who. the same thing with the Misfits. Pizzazz is, like, this, like, pukey orange-green, or, uh, like, yellow-green. Stormer is blue, and Roxy is, uh... Is white, yeah, and so that 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 will kind of help you. Just color code the the characters, and I'll make it a lot. Now, where easier, where so. I got confused was was with all the starlight girls, but we can get into that later. Oh, there's too many. They're just it's there's, pointless. There's so. like ten of them. Yeah. So so they're yeah they're being interviewed outside of this performance or whatever. Like, how did you get here, Jem? And like, she goes, "Well, it all started." Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. An immediate <laughs> flashback to I remember how it all began. 
with the unexpected death of my father. And I thought, whoa, full stop. Shit just got really dark. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine if you're watching like a live interview? Say say it's like right before the Grammys. And so the how people did you are get coming famous? To, yeah. My dad died. My dad died. He was a horrible rapist. It's like, wait, what? what? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Yeah, so this, so this show just starts right off kind of like dark. I mean, it's it's gloomy and rainy at this funeral because, of course, all funerals are gloomy and rainy, yeah. rainy in TV. Um, the, the first thing I noticed, too, in the, in the first 30 seconds of the show is this show, the, the first thought I had, the first thing I wrote down was this show is so, so quintessentially 80s. Oh, in so, every way. So, And just that's the, not the in a bad way. Yeah. It's just... It, like, like, you look at hippies and you think 60s. You look at uh, you, you look at bell bottoms and you think seventies. You, you, you look see, at these guys and you're like, oh my god, that's the eighties. Like teased hair and giant shoulder pads. At, at one is, point, in one of the, yeah, at one point in one of the episodes, they're like getting ready to do something, and Shauna has a fro pick out. Yeah, and she's, she's, teasing, and she's her hair. teasing her hair. And I remember the first time I ever saw a fro pick because I'm a lily white guy. Well, I'm Irish and Italian, but the first time I ever saw a fro pick was my aunt because my aunt, all my all the women on my mom's side of the family have this like frizzy hair that explodes because it's all curly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a fro pick that my aunt had because she used to like tease her hair out to be big poofy '80s hair in the '80s, and I had no idea that that was. Like, a thing that you did. I thought that was just her comb, but, yeah, she's about teasing her hair with a fro pick. Yeah, this is, this is, like, super 80s, so. Yeah. So we get this, we get this, like, funeral, and uh, Eric tries to comfort her, uh, tries to comfort Jem, or, or, uh. Jerica. Jerica, because there's no Jem at this point, so he tries to comfort Jerica, and, to be honest, Rio is kind of a dick to him. Like, with no explanation. Like, at this point, we don't know that Eric is a really bad... I mean, he's, a, like, a legit bad dude. Yeah. It, uh, Will, all Will, you know is that he was, like, his business partner at... Her dad's business partner, and he's, like, trying to offer comfort, and Rio... He totally, was like, get the fuck off her, man. Yeah, it was, like, a really uh, creepy, kind of overly protective boyfriend moment. And one thing that... Because it's out of context. Like, you yeah. don't understand till later. But in one the thing, moment, it feels weird. One thing, so, that, one thing that I kept coming back to is that you don't... From watching the show... You don't know how old Jerrica is. Because Eric refers to her as a kid a lot. Well, but see, I think that's partially because, like, if he was her dad's business partner, Jerrica probably grew up knowing Eric. No, but that's what I mean. So he's going to always think of her as a kid because, like, he knows her from when she was little. But that's what I mean. Like, I have no context to to know how old Jerrica is. Is Jerrica 20? Is Jerrica 25? Is Jerrica 30? Is Jerrica 19? Like, how old is Jerrica? Well, because Kimber, Kim, the thing is, is like, none of the girls are going to school. Yeah. And Kimber is the little sister. And she acts super immature. And I, I mentally, I kind of place Kimber in the, the like, I don't know. 20, 21? Uh, I was going to say 18 to 20 range. And then I was going to place uh, Jerrica in, like, the 25, 28-year-old range. Yeah, because that, they, that's kind of where seem, I try to place They it. seem like they're older. Like, the, the older girls, the main characters, they seem like they're older. Yeah. But then you get you get instances where they get treated like kids. And it's like, are they kids? Yeah. And are, are they younger than they seem? I know what you mean. You, you kind of can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, I was really confused at a lot of points. Or... But it might have just been because we hadn't gotten far enough into the show. And I, I mean, know, maybe that makes sense too. Like if if Rio is a younger, if Rio's like twenty twenty one, sort of maybe his ridiculous outburst kind of makes sense because he's a young kid who's an idiot. But he's also the road manager, so yeah. so if he's the manager, uh, if he's the road oh, what manager, what if he's like what if he's like thirty and and uh, Jerrica's like twenty two? Well, then it's just creepy. Um, I guess it's not. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Well, I guess it is. But at any rate, uh, Jerrica's dad leaves him uh, leaves her Starlight Music, fifty uh, percent of it. Yeah. And Starlight House, the fo- the foster home for girls. Yeah. So all the girls in the band, by the way, work at the Starlight House, and then they're not even in a band yet. They don't have a band at the beginning. They all work at the Starlight House. All of all of the band all members. The girls, yeah. So so it cuts to uh, the house. And the, the place is like falling apart, and Rio's working up on this ladder trying to fix a light. Yeah. Not only is he the handyman, or not only is he the road manager later on, he's also the handyman at the house. Yeah. I, he there's kind of this like dad joke moment, and he's like, "Hey, Aja, hit the switch. Let's uh, try to get a little uh, add a little light to the subject." Yeah. And uh, it it kind of doesn't. It's like add light onto the subject of what? You're just asking her to turn on the light so you can check if the electricity is working. So. You know, it turns out he's pretty bad at being a handyman, and he he they flip the switch, and this vacuum turns on, it hyperinflates, and then Rio falls off the ladder and pops the the vacuum like a balloon, and then dies. I will remember you. 
no, that would make the show really interesting, though. Um, <laughs> I just, I wish there were real consequences to, to the characters. This is animation, Sean. There's no real consequences. I know. I just want to see someone's head pop off or something. I don't know. That's a different show. Um, so it turns out Jerrica needs money because obviously the place is a shithole. Yeah. And she goes to Starlight Music and, and to Eric, and and asks if basically she can get some money in the she realizes what she got that eric has since fired like half the staff and replaced them with people yeah and this, and this part doesn't make sense because if 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 jerica owns half of starlight music then she should be getting something from that she should be getting some kind of residuals or, or right. something but she has like no money she has no money and eric has everything and How eric's like no i'm not gonna give you any fucking money this is a business but like here's the thing He's saying this is a business. I'm not giving you any money. But they're both owned by. They were both originally owned by the same guy, right? Yeah. Who then left it to both of them? Yeah. Star. I'm just thinking, like, from a like a public PR like perspective, it would look really good for them if Eric was donating money to the Starlight House as like a tax write off or a tax I was, shelter. I was going to bring this up later, but we can talk about it now. One of the complaints I have about this show is that. Eric's motivation is questionable. His, he seems to be evil for the sake of being evil. He's a bad guy. Well, it's like he wants... Okay, he wants Starlight Music to be the number one uh, like music record-producing company in the world. Yeah, but like you said, he could have such great PR by doing something that really doesn't hurt him at all. And, and being number one... I mean... It, you don't have to get rid of Jerrica to be number one. Yeah, but no, he wants all the... That's what I'm saying, is that he's evil just to be evil. He's the bad guy just to be the bad guy. Like, yeah. he, he wants Jerrica out of the picture because he wants full control. Where He's running the business. She has no influence over the business, really. And she doesn't for the entire first five episodes anyways. Yeah, and, so, but, but he still thinks that he needs to get her out of the way. Because right. he wants to take... That's what I'm saying. Evil for the sake of being evil. And it comes back over and over and over in these first five episodes that we watched. He's just a bad guy because the show needed a bad guy. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But yeah. it's 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 the 80s, Sean. You know, executives are bad. No, and, and, well, they're no, still bad now. But no, I mean, if, you just... think back, if you think back, because one of my favorite writers of all time for movies and stuff was Harold Ramis. He wrote all the, he wrote all the classics. Oh. And I remember reading a long what article. Was that? What was the movie that the last show was that we based it off of? You, the, the last podcast we did? Oh, yeah, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters? Yeah, no, that, he wrote... that thing, Ghostbusters? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know if anybody's heard of Ghostbusters. Yeah, so in, yeah. So in what, um, what he did, uh, there, there was a really good article right around the time that he died, uh, right after it, where it talked about Harold Ramis and how he had this sort of quintessential voice of 80s movies, where he wrote, he wrote um, Caddyshack and he wrote Animal House and Stripes and Ghostbusters and I think Meatballs and National Lampoon's... He wrote for National Lampoon too. And so the theme of most of his movies, if you think back and you look back on all those movies, the theme of most of his movies was the little guy standing up to the big guy. It was the, the little downtrodden... Whatever it had to be, businessman or what have you, standing up to like the government or standing up to the the big guy that was holding them down. Well, as Bill Murray put it, it's a it's a, a, a Cinderella story. Yeah, right. Um, Cinderella story. So it, you have to it, it, that that I mean that that's like written in a joke in Caddyshack, but it's funny because that's the way like all of his movies are written. Yeah, you've got this nobody that. You've got this nobody that has no power that stands up to this big corporate something, whether it's the government or some business, a judge or whatever, and they stand up and they end up like overturning the social structure, social structure, structure. and then coming out on top of the person that normally comes out on top. Which obvious, which is very much the way that the show's. And that, that's why I bring it up is because you've got you've got this this girl Jerrica who is obviously the underdog who's going up against this big business guy Eric who runs the company and who wants to. He just seems to be and like in a lot of those movies, the characters their motivations are weird. They're just sort of evil to be evil well, or they're bad to be bad and they're, they're jerks for no other reason than that was the motif of the time we we like the underdog story in the united oh, states yeah. that, that keep in mind though that the underdog story is not that popular on the other side of the pond yeah you want heroes you don't well, want no, someone no, overcoming what well, sorry it's part of the you know the it, underdog i mean in, in other parts of the world the underdog starts as the underdog he starts to come out on top and he gets pounded right back down again 
Yeah, it's almost like a Schadenfreude. Yeah, we like the we like the hero's pleasure journey. in other people's pain. Yeah, we like we like the hero's journey, the 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 yeah um, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey, where yeah. where someone goes through trials and becomes stronger, and then overcomes whatever the impediment is, and then eventually reaches glory. And that's what a lot of Harold Ramis's stuff was. And that's sort of what this show starts out as is you know you've got this guy Eric who who has all the impediments put on. Jerica to keep her down and Jerica just has to overcome them and yeah it gets to the point of ridiculousness where we can talk about it later but there's yeah, we'll talk about it yeah, later we'll yeah. talk about it later but but yeah some of it gets pretty pretty nuts so his his solution to becoming the greatest record company uh, in the music company in the world is to bring in quote fresh blood so he brings in this band called the Misfits. Yeah, and they ride into the office on giant guitar motorcycles. I wrote that. What the fuck? They got motor- I, they got they got guitar scooters. I drew I I drew it. <laughs> yeah. No. So just imagine like a really cheesy '80s guitar, but with wheels on it. Yeah. So like a wheel. Uh, so like, the, the neck is the back of the motorcycle. Yeah. Like they sit like uh, like. They sit actually on the neck. Yeah, yeah, and they just ride around in. But circles. it's weird because it's like the elevator doors open and they all three ride out of the elevator. It's like totally like a cartoon moment. <laughs> oh yeah, because um, the, the motorcycles are way bigger than the elevator should be. <laughs> and and so the, the the misfits come in and they're like like our new toys and then Jerrica tells them basically to get the the things out of there. Yeah, fuck um, off, bitches. Yeah, she's like get these monstrosities out of my father's office. And, and then they, they physically threaten her with physical harm. And this happens a lot. And this or, is a- or there's actual physical harm, yeah, which no. I will mention later. But yeah. then we get our very first song. Music video. It plays just like video. it plays just like a music video on MTV. If you've ever watched Beavis and Butthead when they watch their music videos, like old school MTV, where the music video just starts and then they put the information down like the bottom left hand corner where it says the artist name, the title of the and then song, the and then, company. Yeah, it's just like that. It just the music yeah. video starts. It says the Misfits and then whatever. Out of my, it says Out of My Way and then yeah. the Misfits and then uh, Starlight Music. Yeah, and then and this was revolutionary for the time. There was no other cartoon that was doing this. No other cartoon that I can think of since that has done this. Where no. they Incorporate music videos no. into the show. No, yeah, there wasn't that many. That well, actually, zero. You're right that I can think of. But I, I made a, I made a point though because all of these music videos are are better animated than the rest of the show. Yeah, the animation is is smoother. Uh, there's less choppy stuff. There's like no visual hiccups like as far as like wrong coloring or, well, or I anything guess like the, that for the most part they don't have to like animate voices because they're just doing stuff right. over the over voice over vocalization but, but this song is fucking awful <laughs> it is fucking awful so, and i hated this song i had to i ended up having to watch this this um particular sequence like two or three times because i was i was kind of trying to do something else two so, or three things at a time and and i ended up having to listen to it over again Twice. And so Chris, it was... Chris hates this music. He 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 told me he told me as we were watching this over the course of us watching this. There's one or two songs that I think aren't bad, and I will mark those. But the rest of these are are fucking garbage. And see and see, I was watching it, and I'm a bit. The '80s music has a really soft spot. In I my love heart. '80s music, but not terribly done '80s music. So I, re- I would I re- say that the quality is probably like a 2080. So about twenty yeah. percent is is I mean, better than average, I'm, and eighty percent is just complete junk. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not at all saying that it's great music, but right. I, it was entertaining to me. So just as a reference point, um, Gem and the Holograms, their music is is uh, described as being pure pop music. It's just pop music, which why it's sort of like the Bangles. Yeah, nineteen eighties pop. Yeah, nineteen yeah. eighties pop. The Misfits is described. Their music is described as pure electronica. Like they're they're uh, they have a keytar and a guitar and synths, but it's odd because I like electronica and the mis. Here's the thing, it, the music that Gem and the Holograms does tends to be, it tends to be better produced. It tends to sound better. It tends to be better written. The mis all this every song that the Misfits does is just garbage. Yeah, they're they're definitely and you know what that's probably intentional because they were trying to show that the gem was a better band well, they, than the misfits. They were. And in fact, I noticed that there were there were times where things it almost seems like it was written to be off key, like like they would sing a quarter like just a quarter step flat yeah. on purpose. And and you could like well you look at them and you think if, that if you, you think have that they're like punk singers because of the way that they dress, they dress yeah. sort of like punky and they they've got like paint all over their face. And you if, know, classic 1980s punk is is really flat, yeah, and yeah. Ba- sort of bad singing. So maybe they were trying to do like an electronica punk. 
I I just really didn't like the the, the music yeah. for the most part. But but each and every one of these songs is one minute and twenty seconds long exactly. And when it finishes, Eric essentially arranges a battle of the bands between him and Jerrica, and they 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 decide to arrange or no not between Jerrica and him. It's, excuse me. Uh, he has a battle of the bands. It's just uh, the Misfits. That's yeah, right. I it's, remember now. It's the battle of the bands between the Misfits and a couple other random people. Yeah, that's right. He rigged them all to be terrible. Yeah. So that they could win. And I have to say that... It, <laughs> I have to mention that Jerrica's outfit during all of this looks like... It makes it look like she works on hot, at Hot Dog on a Stick. Yes, and she wears this outfit a lot. She wear, it's, her, it's her like normal outfit that she wears. It's, it's this short-skirted, like, pinstriped number with a hat. Right. Now, when when Jerrica leaves, she goes home and someone's left her an anonymous gift. Yeah, <laughs> and they are these red. They're like these earrings that kind of look like uh like they're flat, stars. Yeah, they're like kind of stars. Yeah, like plastic. And she's stars. like, oh my god, these are amazing. Which makes me question her fashion sense. She's like, these are so beautiful, and she puts them right on, and then she starts hearing the mysterious voice like Jerrica, Jerrica, come no, to me. She hears no. She puts the earrings on, and the first thing she hears is Jerrica, I've come for you. I've come on you. Oh well, that that is that is the that is the porn Rio. version. It that, was Rio. I was gonna say it's the porn Jerica, version, but I've come on you. Uh, that's I just wanted good. to come in you. That's but you didn't let me. This is too much, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to think about Jim. And, and, and no, it's icky. It's truly uh, outrageous. Oh God, maybe it's just a hologram. Too truly. Yeah, well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll so, get into that later. So, Jim. Is is created through Jerrica wearing these earrings? No, no, no. So yeah. So so what happens is is this hologram ghost with no eyes, yeah, no, and it's all purple in like a jazzercise outfit appears, and um, she yeah, think the jazzercise outfits that you saw in Back to the Future Two, yeah, the, the exactly, the, yeah, yes. it looks exactly and, like that. And and so Jerrica gets told to follow the instructions in the box, and it takes them to this abandoned drive uh, uh, movie uh, theater drive-through. No, so I put before we got there, I, I put so a mysterious figure that you've never seen before in your life and you have no idea what it is shows up and tells you to do something, and your first instinct is, "Let's do it." I have a good feeling about this. What? Uh, this is a kids' cartoon. It's always that's how so that's it always teaching happens. kids. That's that's even worse. That's teaching kids to like imagine if they got a phone call in the 1980s. They're like, "Hey, kids, are your parents home?" No. Come right. open the door. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go outside. I want you to take off your pants. And I'm going to show up in my van. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of candy. And then you're going to hop in my van. And we're going to go have a good time. Let's do it. Uh, okay, let's go. Yeah. No, it, it's, Local yeah. kid raped to death. <laughs> uh, Sean just got really dark. Um, <laughs> that's how I'm starting. That's how I'm ending. Uh, it's too too much beer, Sean. That, that's what happens. Um, so they they go down to the they, they go through the drive through and no, they, no, turn, they go they go to the they go. I wrote this down. So they go to the drive through, right? And, and then the, the 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 same hologram lady tells them to keep driving. Yeah, keep driving, and she walks through the wall. And I wrote this down because Jerrica looks at the wall and goes, "Keep driving. I have a hunch." And she's like, "The other girl's like." Okay, and just plows into the fu- and then the car explodes and they die um, because that's what would have norm. That's what should have happened because it just but like- it turns out the door is a ho- you know the, the whole thing is a hologram. The whole they thing is a quote hologram, but it's so stupid. so they get this- no. I have a hunch, but just get- keep driving. They get this cool secret base though. They do that they have for all of like four episodes. Uh, the, 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 hey, don't spoil it. Yeah. Uh, so we get this cool secret base, and there's uh, you know this ghost hologram named Synergy. Synergy resides um, in a piece of machinery that looks like... Have you ever seen Captain EO? Yes. Of course it, you've seen Captain uh, EO. You live in Southern California yes. and Disneyland. So, remember at the end, when they do the song in Captain EO, when everybody starts, like, making their musical instruments? Yeah. So, it looks like the, it looks like the fucking piano that, that Hooter makes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a screen and a bunch of keys See, all over it, the place. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the giant... Uh, organ harpsichord from um, Count Duckula. Oh, I was you said organ harpsichord. I thought Goonies. Yeah, it reminded me of um, it reminded me of of Count Duckula. But you, but at you any get rate, this next note wrong, we'll all be flat. Oh God, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so synergy 
Synergy basically explains her purpose. It was something well, that her she, dad... She shows them her abilities, and she can essentially make all kinds of weird, dumb, bullshit uh, Synerg- holograms. Synergy is essentially a mobile Star Trek holodeck. She she will become our deus ex yeah. machina she, throughout she's the show. Essentially, so the earrings that the earrings that Jerrica got are, are mobile emitters. If you've ever seen Star Trek Voyager, it's like the mobile emitter that the Doctor wears. So I, I don't know how many people out there are going to be as into Star Trek as you and I. Yeah. But essentially, it's it's a, a little clip-on that, that emits holograms yeah. mobily. So she has those. Um, those are what her earrings are. So the earrings will the earrings can project the holograms as a remote projector. And so Jerrica being able, Jerrica wearing those earrings is able to is able to uh, synergy is able to create through those earrings holograms that are like hard light holograms that you can touch and interact with. And they change Jerrica's appearance, and well, they change the band's appearance. Well, they, her dad built Synergy to quote be the ultimate music entertainment computer, which sounds like some bullshit to me. But that sounds like some mad scientist shit, where he built something for some reason, for some purpose, and then someone else gets a hold of it, and they're like, "Well, wait, I can totally just use so, this to do whatever I want." My my notes here, it it reminded me that that essentially this hideout that they get for all four episodes, um, I immediately thought of it as the Barbie Batcave. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. It's like the Barbie Batcave because it's like because, costumes no, and yeah, like so that, and so, like pretty things and musical instruments. So yeah, when Synergy is talking about because Synergy can talk, it's an artificial intelligence. When it's talking to them about about what it can do, it also opens up like corridors that have a bunch of super hip '80s clothes with big shoulder pads and shit. It opens up another corridor that has a bunch of musical instruments in it, and it opens up a third corridor that has the Roadster in it. Their 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 transportation. Yeah, they're 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 weird, like a red red yellow Rolls Royce. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, so, oh my god, with all these instruments, we can be a band, and that's when they decide to make Jim and the Holograms. So, so we get this intro intro to Synergy, and then we cut over to the Battle of the Bands, and and I wrote down because I thought they were kind of weird names. The the name of the bands that the Misfits compete against are called the Limp Lizards. <laughs> The Leatherettes and Space Cadets. And the Leatherettes are all, like, large, burly... Uh, women? They're, like, large, burly women with Midwestern bus driver haircuts. So you've got so you've got the Limp Dicks, the Dykes on Bikes, and the... Oh, uh, and what was the last band? Space Cadets. And, I don't and the fucking Looney Tunes is what you got. <laughs> That's what they essentially did. Oh, Jesus, Sean. Uh, yeah, they, they just essentially... They they tried to like shoehorn people into these like weird uh, like physical attributes that make just really no sense for for these bands. Yeah. Um, and, and so they compete and they're all terrible. And they're and about they, to announce the winner. And Jem busts in and she rocks their she like rocks their shit. Yeah, it's the second um, music video and and for somehow the song is called Only in the Beginning and it's also fucking bad and Sean loves it and I, I don't didn't understand. say I loved it I said it wasn't that bad. Sean's got it on his iPod. I'm oh. sure. I have um, the entire gem 151 song thing on my iPod. I would not be surprised. Um, so, But it is a much better song. And it is decently animated. Again, a minute and 20 seconds long. Yeah. And, and then they get all upset because the, the, the people love Jim. And the, they were about to announce that the Misfits won. And then, what's his face? Uh, Eric comes over. He's like, no, bullshit. You didn't enter this thing. Who the fuck are you? And he challenges them to this contest. <laughs> yeah, and, this and ridiculous, so in this six ridiculous months, non-binding fucking verbal business, con- yeah. business well, contest. Well, for a guy who's super businessy, why is he making a verbal contract? He basically, I don't know. He basically says, in six months, we're going to have a battle of the bands. And whoever wins the battle of the bands will get control of Starlight Music entirely. And get whatever a record deal and then this hollywood producer comes over and he's like wait a minute i I have to throw some shit into this i have something to add to this so whoever wins the contest will also get this fabulous mansion well no first he says a movie deal a movie deal and and also this fabulous mansion and i'm and i thought first of all why is this well, like weird record producer or uh, this weird um, movie producer, producer? This Hollywood producer is just going to like weird battle of the bands in parks, and on top of that, so he goes and he was just prepared to give away a fucking mansion and movie rights. He's like, I got this in my back pocket. I got nothing else to do with it. Screw yeah. it. Um, which I have to mention is is kind of weird because as we'll see later, we do end up seeing the record producer, the music producer's house. 
and it's like NBD. Like yeah. it's not. It's like some like regular house like in the suburbs. So I wrote down. So, I wrote down that um, after this, you get to see the misfits being evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah, because that's steal, what they are. They're they're bad. They're bad guys. So they go and they steal all of well, all the Zaz mostly, but yeah, but they still. steal the instruments from them and they take off. And they're like, oh shit, they're taking our instruments. So they chase them. They start chucking the instruments over at them as they're driving away, and then eventually they sort of. They almost like force them off a cliff, and they're yeah. like teetering there. And there's a whole so, dramatic thing where that where uh, they they're trying to get they're waiting to get rescued. And for some reason, Jericho knows that Rio's going to be driving by. So she makes a hologram, and then Rio helps them. Yeah, and Rio helps them. I, I have to mention though that the vehicle that they use, uh, <clears throat> the Misfits use, is this like um, like '80s Chevy Astro van. Yeah, uh, with like a. With, like, you could just imagine a, a lady riding a dragon painted, like, airbrushed on the side. Yeah. Uh, with, like, large wheels in the back and a spoiler on top of the van. It's, it's, it is so 80s. It's perfect. So they get rescued. Um, they get rescued and oh, they go... Oh, wait. This is something else. So, um, this, this is also where, um, Eric is giving, uh, Misfits a hard time. And the Misfits say, it's not our fault that Asia chick can't drive. Um, so this is, there's a few points in which there's, like, some, like, kind of weird racial undertones. Um, I because, love racial undertones. Because Asia, or Aja, is, um, is Asian, uh, Asian-American. And I they make even... this reference to, like, Asians not being able to drive. <laughs> Aja the Asian? Yeah, I know. It's Asia just, the it's Asian? It's so bad. Um, Blackie the black guy? I, I completely noticed this. I, I don't know why I noticed it, but... You know, and I was telling Chris before we started recording that I didn't even, it didn't even register to me that... Aja was Asian. I thought she was some Eastern European. Because when she talks, she talks like this or something. Like, yeah, like, like she's from Slovakia or something. Yeah, she talks like she talks like she's from the Eastern Bloc, but apparently she's Asian. I had no idea until we looked it up. There's, okay, the last song. I wrote down that the last song was fucking terrible. Thank fucking God you did, because this is the worst of the three in this episode. <laughs> it's called Winning is Everything. Um... And it's not poorly animated, but they just sound so bad. It's so bad. It is a minute and 20 seconds of pure torture. You cannot get back. <laughs> it is it is the worst of the three. I mean, Out of My Way is bad. Yeah. Um, so the, the but end winning up, is everything is terrible. They end, so. up, they end up going back to the Starlight House, which is this big, you know, like the big foster house. And the first thing I thought when I was looking at the Starlight Girls, because there's a ton of them. There's like 10, of, 10 or 12 of them. first thing I thought was... The first thing I thought was, maybe if these fucking girls spent a little less money on clothes, they would have more money for their for their house. Because Probably. all of those girls are wearing super fashionable, super fashionable uh, uh, outfits. And you're like, like, how are these girls who, who seem like they're on the verge of poverty all the time... How do, how are they wearing like these super yeah, fashionable and, '80s clothes? So so it's funny you mention that because right after winning is everything, Sean's favorite song. Um, the, it, we cut back to the foster home, and the kids are saving cash for a new fridge because they have no money. And reels down in the basement trying to fix the electrical again and fails miserably because I've 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 now realized that real is just a terrible handyman. But it, it's funny that Sean mentioned this because. With the amount of money they spent on clothes, they could have paid a fucking electrician. Yeah, they could have bought a new fridge. They could have paid someone to do a fucking redo on their... Well, and this is back in the 80s when people would call refrigerator repairmen. Yeah. Like... So- so you've got this. You've got this whole group of, and this is this is where I this is where I uh, was really wondering how old Jerrica was because she's referred to as a kid by Eric. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, how old are these girls? And I found out later that the girls are like nine to uh, thirteen. They're twelve. Yeah. I think they're between ten and and fifteen. Yeah. So, so all the girls in the house, but but that changes too because the the way they animate those girls like, sort of changes the way you perceive them. They seem a lot older than they are. Yeah, they animate them to be like kind of like regular size. They just sort of they're like shrunk down adult women. Yeah, because so, they can't they can't animate children apparently. Okay, but but I'm gonna get in. There's some weird stuff about this later that I want to mention. Yeah. Um So so it's you mentioned Eric referring to them as as kids yeah. or whatever. Um, we cut over to Eric, and he's paying this guy named Zipper to break in and intimidate Jerrica. And this is one of those instances where you're like, okay, Eric is evil for the sake of being evil. Like, he can't he can't just be a regular business guy who wants to promote this band. Like, that would be bad enough. Like, he was trying to do all, his, all in his power as a record executive to promote this other band to get them 
the 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 the, the deals and the concerts and the promotion and the records and everything that you could do as a as a uh, record producer to do all this stuff. No, he has to go the extra mile and like sabotage the other side because he's evil. Because why not? Yeah, yeah. he's an evil 80s businessman. But but what's interesting though too is this is our first real instance of Eric trying to be a, just a total asshole. And at first I thought, okay, well well maybe things just get out of control for Eric because that's that's like We'll, we'll get into it, but that's kind of what seems to happen. He tells this guy's zipper or somebody to, like, do something. And then shit kind of spirals. Yeah. And then I'm always just expecting him to just go, you know what? That, that, that was too much. That was too far. Yeah. And, and, like, you know what? Maybe let's back up he a bit. He does say that in the second episode. He was he, like, he let's does. not screw it up like you did last time. He does, but then after that, he fucking doubles down. Oh, yeah. And then that's the thing so, is that, like, he keeps using this guy's zipper. You find later in the episodes that he keeps using the same guy's zipper to do, his, like, it's his henchman. It's his paid henchman. And zipper con- consistently fucks it up. Yeah. And so, puts their lives in danger. So to describe what Zipper looks like, he's got kind of um, like orange yellowy hair uh, with a flat top. He kind of looks like uh, human Rocksteady. Uh, kind of. So, well, no, because we know what human Rocksteady looks like. And uh, he, he. No, that's what I mean. He looks like the human version of Rocksteady. Well, with like the sort of. It's sort, sort of. of yeah. hair, but so just he, not he, wearing so camo. He's, he's got like a short uh, flat top with like a, a widow's peak. Yeah. And then he's got a white shirt on, um, and he's got a kinda leather like a, jacket on, like the Fonz. Yeah, kind of like a greaser. And jeans. Yeah, like a kind of greaser. Yeah. And if I remember right, his shirt actually says zipper his on it. His jacket says zipper. On the back. Yeah. So if he's running away after doing some shit to you, you know exactly who he is now. Um, yeah, so his 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 uh, his charge from Eric is to go and, like, intimidate scare them, them. Intimidate them. And, and meanwhile, uh, it shows the, the, the Starlight House has this thing called an honor jar. And there's this foster girl there named Ashley who we have to mention because she ends up being important later. Yeah, in, she's in really the episodes. only she's really the only Starlight girl worth mentioning by name. She's the only one that has a name, I think. Yeah. Um, so so she steals the cash from the honor jar, and Jerrica lets the foster girls decide her fate. And they throw her in the Starlight pit. Oh God, that would have been awesome. <laughs> like Boba Fett her ass. Yeah. Um, no, instead they decide that she can stay. But that she has to earn the money back. She has to earn. Stole. She has to earn like yeah. No, she puts the money back, but she has to earn thirty dollars so that they can buy another. They can buy a new fridge. Yes, and um, so Rhea's there late, and he offers to stay on the couch, but gets rejected. Oh, he tries so hard. He's like, so Jerrica, I could just stay in the. I, I could just stay, stay on the couch. I'll just I'll sleep stay on, on the couch. couch, you know. And then he's he's expecting that once he's on the couch, she's like, well, it's fine. You can just sleep in my bed. It's cool. So, but here's the thing I didn't understand. Like, Jerrica's definitely an adult. She's obviously in her 20s. Rio's her long-term boyfriend. Her dad, she's she lives by herself. Like, it's, this is her house. This is her rules. If she wants to, like, take a dude up and bone him, there should be no problem. But for whatever reason, I think it's because obviously it's a kid's show. I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. Yeah. And this is the 1980s, so the it's idea actually, of... Actually, it's probably... The fact that it's a kid's show is probably like 99.99% Well, it's a kid's it. show in the 80s when the idea of like uh, like premarital sex was still like kind of taboo. You know, right in the middle um, of the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Reagan. Good job. Yay! Um, so, so Rio gets rejected, and he decides to go... Uh, Rio, gets, Rio gets blue balls, and he decides to go chop wood in the... <laughs> he basically does. He rips off so, his shirt. Send so to my shirt, woman! So he leaves, and Zipper breaks in, and uh, he gets caught and it's... knocks an oil lamp out of Kimber's okay, hand. Okay, because, because the electricity's out in the house. Yeah, That's so, why. So Kimber's but, using the oil lamp. Yeah, she's using... Yeah, because uh, Rio has tr- been trying to fix the electricity in the house, and he can't. Well, if this is modern day, that shit wouldn't happen because you would have had an LED flashlight or used your cell phone. Yeah, so she's... So Kimber has... Kimber has a full-on... Like oil, like kerosene Old school lamp. oil lamp. Yeah. Yeah, which she's and carrying, it, and the guy runs into her and drops all the shit that he had, and then it force it like knocks the, uh, it knocks the lantern out of her hand, and she's like, oh no! And it hits the ground, and it bursts into flames. And then the episode just abruptly ends the, on the a house, TV Yeah, the house ends up going, the house looks like it's going up like a fucking Christmas tree. Like every year when the fire department. They're like, well, this is the 1980s, and your house is filled with Aquanet, so yeah. up it goes. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. The whole house is probably... It's the, <laughs> it's just probably covered in like the perm, yeah. it's per material and aquanet. Yeah, I was gonna say the atmosphere in the house is like is like thirty percent oxygen, forty percent nitrogen, thirty percent aqu- 
Aquanet with their big ass hair. But yeah, no, it starts to go up. It goes up fast. Yeah, like the the thing hits the ground. They have wood floors that aren't laminated apparently, and it just boom, and it starts go like like. Like when the fire department lights the Christmas tree on fire and shows you how quickly that thing can burn down. But it's Christmas. their whole house. Their whole house. And then, yeah, cliffhanger. Will and the house end, burn down? And end credits. Yeah. But I just want to mention really quick about the end credits because the music from the end credits reminds me of the theme music from MASH. A bit. Suicide is painless. In fact, I heard that little ditty like in in the credits. By the way, that song being called "Suicide is Painless" is just when you think about the show. Oh, about the Korean War and like oh my god! No, just the show in general. How melancholy it could get. Suicide is painless. It brings on many chain many changes. So so for. we may have younger viewers out there who don't know what Mash is. Mash, just really quickly, just was a, go watch it. It's a great show. It, it was. It was. Um, it From was a syndicated show. Seventy nine. It, it ran for like nine seasons. It was like seventy. As, oh man, was it like seventy seven to like eighty four? Yeah, it was the most watched like uh, like last episode it ever. Was, it was the most watched non sport television fin- show television show ever. of all time. The finale of that show. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm it, not gonna lie, I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. It, it be a little tear to my eye. It's a great show. It, oh it is a great show. No, that, that finale was like yeah. the finale it, was called like "So Long and Good Luck" or something. Yeah. I, I don't know, but but the show is pre. It predates Sean and I because <clears throat> oh, we're yeah. yeah we're born in the early '80s, and so so. Funny, uh, funny. But I, I just wanted to mention it because the music is. It, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Funny story. I used to hate Mash because when I was when I was a kid. Um, Mash would come on late at night on reruns. It would come on late yeah. at night, and the like at the time that I started watching it, it was when The Simpsons was on at like ten or eleven o'clock at night. You know, they'd play do a rerun of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. And so when Mash would come on, that would be my signal that okay, nothing Simpsons, good is yeah, on. I'm going to Simpsons bed. Simpsons is over. All the garbage is on TV. I'm going to bed. There was one night where I was super sick, super sick, and I couldn't sleep. I was coughing and I was feverish, and I I just couldn't get to bed because I was feeling like shit. And MASH came on, and I was not, I had no energy to change the channel. I was just sort of like, I was, I was a captive in my own bed, and I was just watching, lying there watching it. And I watched it, and I was like, this is, this show is actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. And it was, it was that one, that one sick night, and I was hooked because they did two MASH episodes in a row. I was hooked. I'm like, all right. It's, and I watched right, every single episode, and I yeah. loved it, and it was it, great. I believe it's actually up on Netflix, last I checked. Or it was for a while. Yeah, the but, old episodes are great, too. The the old episodes from the 70s, where you have uh, Spear Chucker John and Trapper. and Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Spear Chucker and then Ugly John was the Australian guy who was the yeah. anesthesiologist. Yeah. It's a great um, movie, too, if you ever want to watch but, the movie. It, it, I mean, yeah, we're way of, off topic. Way, way off, off topic. topic. Yeah, MASH, MASH is great. But but so that's the end of the first episode. And I think as a whole, it's not it's not a great show, but it's impressive. It is impressive for the time. It's, it's impressive. impressive for all the things that it does. Yeah. I, I, I don't... This first episode, I didn't find to be all... I think the show gets better as time goes on. Yeah, it really does. It really does. But this first episode, I found to be a little boring. Uh, the well, music, I mean, it's, a, it's an origin episode. Yeah, and the, and the, the music is... None of the three songs are good, and uh, well, Sean likes them, but uh, <laughs> but none of the three songs for normal people. How dare um, you? No, fuck you. Uh, none of the three songs are good. Um, so uh, you have to start somewhere, and this is where we started. But that's not where we're gonna finish. We're gonna do a couple more of these. Yeah, no, we're gonna do episode two through five. Yeah, uh, in the next episode. I, I, I honestly, I really like this show. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I would watch more of it. And it's a show that's it's a show that's ostensibly geared towards girls, but it, it has enough in it that makes it interesting, and I think enough care and, and this, this is a good example of what happens when the talent gets it right versus My Little Pony. Yeah, like yeah, the the, the, the um the show the show was good because of all the factors. It was it was good writing. It was good. They took the time to actually build characters. Well, they weren't trying to jam a bunch of shit into ten minutes. And and granted, it's still it's still a fucking commercial. It, it is, is. It is a twenty-two minute and long it, commercial, and it has its down points, like about I as I mentioned about what I think is about eighty percent of the music. Yeah. But with that said, as a whole, the show's interesting. It's like a soap. So, you're right. It's like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera a kid for kids. Soap opera. Yeah. And and it has all. It has the intrigue. It has the. The romantic relationships. It has the competition between the two bands. It has the outside 
antagonism of Eric. Right. And, and the tension between the Misfits and Jem. Yeah. So it, it's a pretty good show so and far. It makes it makes for good it makes yeah. for a good show. Yeah. Now At again, least an entertaining show. It makes for an entertaining show. Yeah. The, sh- the first episode's entertaining, but not great. But I think it's going to get more better. Epi- yeah. The next and, couple episodes we'll, are way we'll more cover entertaining. That. Yeah. So we have our episodes up on iTunes, and uh, yeah. And if you want to uh, talk about any of the episodes, uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter. The uh-huh. Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. At RemasteredCast. You can also talk to us on Facebook if you search for Remastered Cast. Uh, ch- childhood, childhood Remastered, sorry. Yeah, we're on Childhood Remastered on Facebook. Yeah, search Please for that. leave us comments, questions, concerns, complaints, all the above, yeah. none of the above, whatever you want. Uh, if you want to email us, it's childhoodremastered at gmail.com. It's all one word. Um, if you want to rate us on uh, on iTunes, that would be great. Rate us five stars. Yeah, the, more, the, the, the better stars we do, the better we do. So. Yeah. Uh, they're they're free, so you know you're not paying anything. But yeah. but if you enjoyed it, give us more stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so th- this has been it for this episode. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed. I mean, we talked a lot about Gem in episode one. We'll talk about episode two through five in the next episode, um, the next podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been fun. I've really enjoyed this freaking show. So uh, until then, this is Sean and Chris, and this has been your childhood remastered. We will see you next time. 